0: oh yes this is the hardcore marketing show i'm casey cheshire your host for this epic journey today's show is sponsored by ringmaster on a mission to launch b2b podcasts that create relationships generate revenue and drive growth ringmasterlive.com bam oh no i hit the button we are going this thing's live I've had some coffee, I've had some energy drinks, and some water, don't worry.
1: Uh-huh.
0: This thing's going to be fun. I'm excited. I, I've known this person for such a long time. It's so great to finally share this with other people. I've had great conversations. In fact, we almost just went off on a tangent about football before we got started. So let me introduce you to my guest today. He's an entrepreneur, a leader, and marketing thought leader. He actually has a passion for the forgotten marketers. You know who you are. Mid-market, B2B, this guy's your champion. Well, who is he? Well, he, he actually runs an agency that was, that was voted, that was selected uh, by the Canadian Business Awards to be the best full-service digital marketing agency. That means he knows something. We're about to learn something here. Co-host of Marketing News Canada, CEO at Ballistic Arts, Ted Lau. Welcome to the show, sir.
1: Mr. Casey, thank you very much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, man, so great. We've hung out. We've had some drinks in Toronto. Yes, let's sir. go. Let's learn. So I'm going to stop talking, but I need to pass you this thing as we do on this show. It's heavy, but I know you work out. So here it is.
1: Oh, it's the, is that Thor's hammer?
0: It's Thor's hammer. Can you nice.
1: Am yeah. I, am I Jane? Am I Jane? I'm grabbing it. Am I Jane? <laughs> there you go. I don't even have, I don't have Natalie Portman's biceps. Oh, I wish I did today,
0: man. Today. Yeah. you're Thor. I'm Thor. Okay. So take Thor's hammer. Smash for me some kind of myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Set the record straight once and for all.
1: Yeah. So thank you. Uh, we were chatting about that in the pre-call, and I was thinking the first thing that came to mind was that viral videos don't fucking exist anymore. They they might have back in the day, but we get so many calls still of people going, "Hey Ted, I want I want to make this video and I want it to go viral." And it's like, dude, you run a B two B company, you sell a widget that sell, goes. To into another machine for another company to, to make a bigger widget to sell to the market. That's not really going to happen. And I think people don't understand the complexity of marketing these days and what it really takes just to even break through the noise, to say that you want to have a viral video, you know, the snap of your fingers. It really doesn't work. The thing that you really want to do is focus on who your persona is and really just have it resonate with your buyer and make it so that it's relevant to them, that's all that matters. Because at the end of the day, it's about return on investment, how much you put in so then how much you get out. Viral videos, they just don't exist because it, it takes so much effort. It's like a unicorn. So don't bother, just focus on your messaging and how you make a difference and how you solve your pain for your clients.
0: Oh man, it sounds like it's a distraction. It sounds like we, we see a commercial or we see that that reel on YouTube or TikTok or whatever platform you're right. like, oh, that seems so simple. I bet I could make that, but it, the simplicity of it. I, I mean, as soon as you start trying, that's when it starts being super lame. Right. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you're the adult trying to look like you're 20 years younger, trying to be hip thrown out fire thrown out all the language. <laughs> and then, you, know, you you tell all you need is kids to know that, that you just can't do this. Right. You like, just Hey, do it. that thing's lit. And they're like, yeah, dad, we don't do lit anymore. Like that was, that was three years ago, or, Hey, that thing is this, or it's on fire. No, no, no. It's just fire now. Right? Like you, you can't just sort of invent these things. And I love that you highlighted, especially if you're that, that group that you champion for man, that mid-market B2B selling those little widgets. That's not sexy. You're not going to be able to manufacture a viral video. So why do people get caught in this trap?
1: Well, I think it's because it's kind of like you know, I remember many years ago when we went to watch the Lord of the Rings with my my sister. My sister comes out and she's and we're like, wow, that's such a great movie and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it was done by a computer. That's what she said. That that was her response. And God love my sister. But the fact that because you don't necessarily understand the amount of production value, value that has to go into something, you just kind of pawn it off. Like it's easy. It's snap of the fingers, right? So many of us in marketing have had clients that make some request, like it's this easy nonchalant thing when it's like, in fact, oh yeah, you know what, just, just redo my website, I need it tomorrow, like that kind of thing, right? And it's the same thing because I think they just don't understand. Like a lot of people don't understand the amount of production value, the, the forethought, the creation of it, even if the, you know, these days with TikTok, the production value is, does they, we deliberately make it so that it's not glossy, because the more glossy, the less it resonates. But then that translates to the unaware eye, that that's, they think it's simple, it's easy to make because it's just made on an iPhone. Right. But that's not really the case, right? It, it There's a lot of thought that's put into it. Certainly, there is, you know, down, like way back when some some guy made a video, and it was a random thought and became 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 viral. But Not really today. You have to really think through. And also just because you think that that would be a quote unquote cool idea, what's the end result? What if it does go viral? Then what happens? What are you going to do with that? How is that going to make your business better? How is that going to impact your clients, your audience? So really it's about making content that is going to make a difference. That's going to solve a problem for your particular audience. That's really what I want people to think about as opposed to trying to blast it out into the universe. And 99% of those people are never going to interact with you or buy from you.
0: I love that you highlighted what is the end result because yeah, it's fun. I think marketing, we we sort of, we're all a little bit bipolar and that we love the analytics and we also, we appreciate them. Some people love them. And then, and then you've got the creative side. Ooh, let me try really? this new ad or this new design. So in marketing, we kind of all have this thing where we love mm-hmm. both. And, uh, but in the end we have to go back to what is the end result? It can't just be a creative play. And I love you keep bringing us back to the end result. There'd been some great viral videos, commercials. I think on like the Super Bowl where you're like, that was hilarious. And for the life of you, you can't remember
1: the brand. You have no but idea it, who it was. You it's like, no oh way. yeah, I remember Snoop Dogg being in that, but like, what was the brand? And they go and spend millions of oh, dollars. Those
0: are the worst, man. Those are the worst.
1: Those are the worst. Hey, well, it's great for Snoop's brand, but it's not going to help <laughs> yeah. the actual company. And so, you know, you talk about the, I think you, you said bipolar. For me, it's it's more the left brain, right brain, right? You got you got some marketers that were really much into the creative. I mean, I had, my agency has been around 20 years for the first 15 17 years of the business we were solely creative making brands videos websites making it sexy winning awards all that kind of stuff and it was great but we didn't really care about the data right it was just like oh, let's make it look sexy and then and then i have buddies that run digital agencies that all they do it's data 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 analytics programming all that kind of stuff but the shit is ugly right and so my <laughs> whole thesis is let's it marry spells, the creative <laughs> right let's marry the creative with the data Right. So that you don't have the creative directors thinking that their stuff doesn't stink, right? That you have data that actually will quantify, you know what, that that design that you thought was so great, in fact, it's not actually resonating with the audience. But then you don't have all these data nerds telling you, man, you got to put this button, you know, button exactly here, you know, across someone's forehead because people keep clicking that forehead and they're like, you can't do that, right? So there, you have to have that, ability to storytell really well, understand your audience, but then use that data to really help you streamline and be cost-effective in your marketing.
0: Tell me how do we marry this? Because I totally hear you. You don't, uh, you can tell when something's over, like too much research ahead of time. And now it's just, it's super lame. It's not, it was based on data and you can see something when it's too much creativity. How do you marry that? Is it chicken and the egg? Who comes first?
1: No, no, no. Well, so what really comes first? And that's a great question, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the struggle that's been since at least I've been in the industry. I can't say since the beginning of time because I can't speak on behalf of Mad Men days and all that kind of stuff. But for us, it was really about understanding, again, the end result that the client is looking for. And you need both. You need creative and you need data because the data is the metrics that's going to track whether or not something's successful or not. And a lot of creatives, quite frankly, are a little bit scared. You know, Egos are a little frail. I got this beautiful idea. It looks glossy, but if it misses the mark, their ego is going to get a little crushed. But if you have this particular result, anything that you do for, and again, we service mostly mid-market B2B companies now, anything that you do should be only in service of hitting that goal. We talked about football, right? There's a lot of things that you could do with football, but at the end of the day, it's to win a championship. So everything that you do should be about winning the championship. And so I had a client come to us very early on uh, during the pandemic and said, Ted, I want to, I want to make a podcast. And I'm and so I'm not going to say who I'm going to describe oh, the company yeah. too much in detail. Hold on hold, on, hold on, hold on. Let me just look. <laughs> so she wanted to create a podcast, but the company was so niche that I asked her, how many people do you think would listen in your, in your buyer area? And the number was something like 200 people total. That was the total addressable market of their particular clients. They're in manufacturing. Okay. Manufacturing. segment,
0: Right. there. Jeez.
1: Right. And so that micro segment, I'm like, okay, so why are you doing that? And they responded with, well, our competitor has a podcast. I'm like, okay, but do you think that's going to help you actually hit your revenue goals? And her first answer was no, I don't think so. And I'm like, okay, well then let's work backwards. How much revenue are you trying to actually make? And from there, let's create a plan that's actually going to help you execute. And at the end of the day, if a podcast is in fact going to help, yeah, great. But far too (laughs) it can it totally can. I mean, you and I are both podcast hosts, right? We we clearly understand the power of brand, the power of content marketing, absolutely. But it you can you should only do anything that time is limited. We have so many other things that we need to do. Focus on the stuff that's going to work. And so if the podcast will work and to help you hit that, then go do it. But far too many marketers get that squirrely, shiny syndrome, shiny, shiny object syndrome going, oh, I saw someone do this. I saw someone do that. And then they go shotgun approach. I have many people that come to me and they're actually really good at all the stuff that they do marketing wise, but they have no strategy as to actually have everything row in the same direction to win that championship again. Back to football, right? that That's the idea. How do you win the Super Bowl? You got to, everyone's got to row in the same direction.
0: You know, if you don't row in the same direction, have you ever done a crew where, you know, the, where you're rowing
1: on? A- no, no, I'm not that fit. I'm not as fit as you, buddy. I'm, I'm, I'm well, just, I'm podcast, just trying to, I'm,
0: t- <laughs> we're as fit as we want to be on a podcast.
1: On a podcast, we are super fit. I'm, everyone's I'm carrying Thor's us. hammer right now.
0: You and I were like, what, 140. 90% muscle.
1: Yeah. yeah. I got 8% body fat or whatever. 8%. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, you got yeah. eight. Oh man, you got to eat less chicken nuggets, man. I'm at <laughs> like 6.23 times 10 to the 23rd. You know, I'm just, I'm just tracking it. No, but crew, right? So I've seen a video, speaking of videos, where somebody's off just a little bit. Mm. And their, their, or got caught by someone else's, or it flipped them over and threw oh, them my. off the boat. It's
1: brilliant. And that can happen, right? And so that's, that's, that's a great analogy when it comes to marketing because you can do so many things and some of it's going to be counter to some of the other efforts that you're doing. Sure. So the beauty of what we do, and back to your question about how, how do you marry the data and the creative? Well, yeah, you need some data to tell you how to actually see the lay of the land. Who's who in the zoo? Who's doing what? What are your competitors doing? Where are you at right now? How are you going to get there? Measurement, measure, 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 right? Measure what matters. Yeah. But the creative and the storytelling is super important because we get bombarded with, with 1,000, 2,000 messages a day now. Everyone's filtering everything out. Yeah. And if you're able to really be precise as to who you're targeting and then really understand where their pain points are, what their Really looking for what really resonates with them as content, not as advertising, as actual content that's going to help them solve their day, then you win. That's it.
0: It's a winning recipe. And I think I want to circle back around to something you said early on mm. for the Lord of the Rings reference, which, by the way, just sends my mind off. You know, I'm, I'm watching her holding the hobbit. And if you want yeah. to come, play,
1: Middle Earth, and, baby. Yeah. No, totally. Southlands, right? Southlands. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so before that you had mentioned that it's there's this thing where with viral videos something that makes it go viral is that it's universally interesting or entertaining to everyone
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: and, that, and that is actually really hard because we're, we're similar in ways but we're also different in a lot of other ways and
1: mm-hmm.
0: so mm-hmm. It, the trap i i heard from you is trying to make it appeal to everyone and then you zeroed in on making it relevant to your buyer. And mm-hmm. who cares if the 99 had said like it, what you actually want is you want your people to
1: like it. Your I want people. that
0: 1%. Yeah, I don't care about everyone else. Tell I want the 1%. That.
1: Well, think about, I was thinking about viral videos today. And remember that Dollar Shave Club viral video, that viral video, but it was like a super well-produced video of a no, gentleman. But I've that was, used
0: them and it cuts your face up.
1: It cuts your, okay. So I didn't see, I'm, I, <laughs> I, I was going to say, how many people do you know that has actually used Dollar Shave Club? Because I don't know anyone that has actually purchased this product. But there was a time there where I had many a client. And this is this is going back probably a decade, I think, where every client that came to me asked me, can we do a Dollar Shave Club type video? Really? Yeah. And it's like, well, we can, but have you used the product? No. So then what's the point? Right? Like. You get what I'm saying? Are You a so, You just thought it was cool. You just thought it was cool. And so maybe the, it was, <laughs> it was, it was extremely cool. And I would rather go the way of Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Our guru in our market, right? Gary our v. industry, Gary V. He is a Jets fan, so we can't give him that much love, yeah. but, but he does talk about, you know, giving really good content. Right, having content that really works, that really resonates, and keep giving that. Right, the jab, 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 however many jabs, and then the right hook. But give Look, the jabs. New give...
0: Reference jab, jab, jab.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And so you got like, let's oh let's do that. Give content. Give relevant content that's not going to talk about how great you are, about how how many awards you won. No one gives a shit about that. They want they everyone. They're the hero in their lives right now. Right. So. Your content is supposed to help them the hero in their lives win. So what can you do in that vein? And if you do that enough, you're going to end up becoming that trusted advisor online. And then you win. I love that. Trusted advisor in, in solving their pain. Solving their pain. How do you figure out
0: what their pain is?
1: Well, so for us, you know, we're not a very large agency. We got about, you know, maybe 20 20 awesome professionals on the team. And so most of the clients that we work with are B2B, mid-market, but they're professional service provider firms, distributors, manufacturers that have been established. They're the guys and gals that have hit a ceiling. They, They can't scale. It's either the owner or maybe a CRO or a biz dev person trying to shake hands, kiss babies, go to trade shows, networking events. But they haven't been able to really excel at all on digital marketing, and so how we help those folks is we 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 first find out from them who are your key favorite clients and why and Mm -hmm. who would you want more of them describe them but don't describe them like oh it's Casey he's 140 pounds and has six percent body fat and you know not that I don't need that right damn right but (laughs) what I want is the psychographics okay so when when jane and billy came to you abc company came to you and and they you love them they love you what did you do why did they come to you what was what was the risk that you helped them mitigate what was the problem that you helped them solve and sometimes a lot of our clients come to us and go we're the best at this because we're really good at you know i was talking to an hr consultant they were like oh yeah we're really good at recruitment and we're really good at at creating structure and growth for for companies internally okay, that's great. Let's turn it on its head. Let's look at it from a pain standpoint. right? We use words like worried, frustrated, concerned, upset. And so if they didn't use you for being an, you know, you're an HR consultant, what would, what would they be upset about? What are they concerned about? Well, they'd probably be concerned that they're wasting a lot of time, energy, and money hiring the wrong people, having the wrong people in the wrong seat. And that's costly, that's headache, that's time, that's reputation. So we ask them to help us understand how they've gotten to where they have with their clients. And then we flip the messaging on its head to talk about pain points. And then from there, we test messaging. We're not always right. The clients sometimes aren't aren't always right. So we'll test like three or four different use cases. We'll put it out there, A-B test, and then see what comes back.
0: Almost like a voting machine. Let's see it's, what happens.
1: It's the best. Ba- I mean, we, we do it We do it ourselves. Like right now, my tagline at BallisticArts.com was written by an AI. We have three of them right now. And we're testing it. Our brand at Ballistic Arts, you know, the, I don't know if this is video or not, or maybe it's just yeah, audio. Video but audio yeah. It's video. Okay, so you see this background. And I was telling yeah. you earlier that this background was actually, this brand was something that, my team came to me and said, Ted, our brand, which was not this current brand, an older brand that we had when you and I, Casey, met in Toronto, was an older brand that I loved. They're like, ah, It's old. Like, you know, I'm the old guy in the agency, right? Ah, it's old, Dad. Like, no, we don't want that. Okay. So, all right. So I'm, let's, let's, I said, let's just, let's just test it. Let's test it out there. Did so they gave a me, light.
0: but this old brand is lit. Did you say, that? I, this lit, right? It's so <laughs> dope. It's so dope.
1: And so, it's so, so it's <laughs> so dope. And so they decided to create three or four other brands. We test it out there in the marketplace, right? right. Spent a few bucks on sure. just seeing how many click throughs and all that kind of stuff. And lo and behold, this is the brand that came out. And, and you're not the first to tell me how awesome and how, how great this brand looks like. I don't solicit it. People just hop on the wow, true. that's it's, awesome. Right? I, I many I said people
0: like three seconds. into I'm like, dude, that background, right. And for those listening, his background has this like explosion of color. Like you're doing one of those fun color runs and you just have these like exploding colors all over this 20 years, um, emblem in the back. And just, it looks great. So if, if you didn't know, like we, we have these shows on YouTube as well. So you can see the full video on YouTube. Eventually Spotify will probably carry a video for us, mm-hmm. but yeah, go check it out. Cause it's just this amazing thing. And it, as soon as Ted got on, I was like, dude, I'll, and I'd seen it before and I couldn't help myself. I was like, I love that.
1: And that's, that's the beauty of the test because we maybe had like a thousand or two thousand people visit the the various landing pages. Yeah. And with that data, this was overwhelmingly the favorite. And now whenever a hop on calls, just people will unsolicit, it's unsolicited feedback. It's like, this is awesome. I love your background. It's a great way to start a conversation. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Great way. It's that
0: it's not, oh hey, nice night meet nice to meet you. Hey man, love that background. Hey, thanks. Yeah.
1: And then let me tell hey, you about the AB testing and what we did and da, 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 da. Yeah, and...
0: Using our own technology and our own
1: strategy. Exactly. That's awesome. Exactly.
0: Dude, where do you go to learn? I know obviously you're, you're learning from doing, but do you have any books you've been reading lately or any sources or podcasts that you love to just consume? And
1: yeah, man. so continuous improvement is one of the, core values of ballistic art. So I listen to a ton of different things. I read a ton of things and I leverage both fiction and nonfiction. So, you know, obviously got to plug the podcast marketing news, Canada, where the number one podcast in marketing, advertising communications in, in Canada, the great North. Hell yeah. And I also, I love, can you swear rom- on that
0: podcast by the way?
1: So you as my guest can swear but whenever Ted says fuck or shit or whatever <laughs> the the producers will beat me out. <laughs> so yeah. so I don't apparently I do swear and then they beat me out but the guests can do whatever they want. Do they dub okay. it in French as well? They don't dub it in French and that's your that absolute illegal, that, honestly. That is something that we quite frankly do need to do because we are at the moment, in in an English only podcast, because all of our hosts really only—I mean, I speak French, but I speak like drunk French. If I'm you know drinking with you, I'll I'll no, throw gotta a few go to words. Head. I got to hear this, right? It's all good, but but I I wouldn't be able to conduct a podcast with any sort of clarity, cohesion, right? right? Other other things I listen to. So um, I do a lot of leadership listening and kind of self-reflection stuff. So Ryan Holiday, great, great. Um, author, he talks about stoicism and stuff like that. And it's really gotten me to to kind of figure out a little bit for myself, my mental health. And so this book called The Obstacles, The Way, yeah, it, it basically changed my life. Um, anything by Neil Gaiman, if you want something creative, anything that he writes, I love. Tony Robbins wrote a book called Life Force that I read recently, listened to recently that talked about, you know, and you got to think like as as marketers, as you know, perform peak performers or whatever you want to call us like entrepreneurs. A lot of us think that performance is just in the mind, but like, there's a lot of things that you got to think about, like rest, nutrition, those kinds of things, meditation, that actually helps your performance. You know, TB12, uh, Mr. Tom Brady, TB12 method is something that right. I read and I, I've, I've deployed into my business, uh, into my life. Um, I have a new book that I haven't read yet was, which is Bill Gates how to avoid a, a climate disaster. That's really helpful. Um, and yeah, I mean, those probably just oh, I guess Bill Burr. <laughs> Bill Burr's got a podcast that I listen to. It's funny, yeah, I love but that's not really anything that. It's more for me <laughs> when I'm just sitting around doing nothing. I'm going to watch.
0: He's like a lighthouse of free speech out there. He it's he will time. say anything and everything, uh, but it's always so clever and funny. Even though he sounds he, like he pretends like he's dopey and, and like an idiot, but his oh, stuff no. is so laser. Oh yeah, smart.
1: He's laser. He's laser. He's laser. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Man. So good. Where do you see this going? I mean, I feel like you're at the forefront. Where do you see marketing going? What are you excited about the future?
1: You know what I'm? Re- I was at a conference uh, in August of 2022 in Whistler, Canada. It's like it a month ago. Like a month. Ago. Well, I don't know. Like this- I'm trying to keep this evergreen for you, my friend. Evergreen Maybe people will watch content. this for us right in the future. Uh, Sponsorship X was a conference that I went to, uh, and it's a uh, they they do all these kind of partnership, sponsorship, marketing type conferences. And they had a speaker there. uh, I think she's the managing partner of um, a firm called Thinking Box. And they're talking about machine learning and AI. And, you know, we're creatives and we're thinking, Oh, AI will never take over the creative space. Creative is the last bastion before robots can take over. Wrong. So, with AI now, my tagline, I told you at Ballistic Arts, has been written by AI. Companies like Unbounce that create landing pages have AI content generators, right? And machine learning doing things like content for like, you know, Dali. Those of you who don't know, Dali and Dali 2, they they have um AI that can actually make designs. You can say, I want to, I want to. I want you to produce a picture with two guys walking a dog, eating mm. ice cream in New Hampshire, and it will spit out three or four different designs. We actually, for one of our clients, one of our real estate developer clients, for one of the logos as, as a comp, we were trying to figure out, okay, maybe we can do some mock-ups with AI as a guiding, guiding point. They're not going to be perfect right now, but to give you starting points, to give you storyboards, that's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Am I excited about it? I am. Am I a little bit worried about it? I am. I don't know where it's going to go. And I think the one thing about being in the space for two decades that I have fortunate enough to be in this space is that you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And you've got to kind of stay on the horse or ride the wave or whatever analogy you want to have. Just keep at it. And opportunity will come. And that's what I'm excited about is the opportunity that is yet to come. You and I have been in the field long enough that there are jobs that we are hiring for that didn't even exist when we first started. Right oh, when I was in high school, you know, I, the the program that the 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 high school spat out saying, you know, you should be, it was like I could be a lawyer or a graphic designer. Those are the two options <laughs> that came up, and so I was like, I don't know what a graphic designer is, but I'm gonna try that. And lo and behold, this is kind of where things went. Digital video wasn't even around. Social media wasn't around. Google wasn't around. Web two did not exist. Now we're at web three. So who knows? I'm excited about the uncertainty. And I think people sometimes don't feel all that wonderful when it comes to thinking about uncertainty, but I, I revel in it a little bit. I kind of want to see what's next and where my opportunities are. Because something that my dad always said, you know, in the Chinese word for crisis, Is actually a combination of two words in chinese one for opportunity one for danger so whenever there's a crisis there's always an opportunity there's always a chance for danger and then it's up to you to decide how do you want to see it
0: i love that i feel like we need to go out and get some crisis tattoos
1: you know yeah let's not do that that's that was 1990s getting getting asian tattoos you know On our legs or our, our biceps or whatever? No, let's, let's what? not, do, we're that. not
0: gonna do that.
1: We're not going to um, do that? We're not
0: going to do that. Man, we're not there yet. We got to go get some uh, some more drinks first. And, <laughs> uh, well, you know, this brings up a really good thing. I'd love to bounce off of you. And you mentioned the mm. AI images. I had a chance mm. to go to Inbound for HubSpot recently. Mm. And they had uh, Jasper, who sounds mm-hmm. small. Um, and, and I'll get to the their main product in a second but the side product they have was that image creation and i think the thing that was fun for us was i was like oh okay uh give me a man recording a podcast and then there's these filters of what kind of style do you want do you want it in like you know sketch do you want to paint art deco yeah
1: for sure right yeah
0: and then we selected watercolor and like no shit a watercolor painting of a guy of like three different versions of a guy recording a podcast into a microphone like got created on the spot. And I was like, do you have like someone in backstage, like creating this real, like, yeah, like, like a mad
1: like magician going crazy. It's, it's yeah. nuts. I don't know if you heard this like uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was an art competition and the winner of said art competition
0: was an AI. No. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Look it up. I don't remember the, the, the uh, festival name or the contest name, but it actually happened.
0: Well, you know, and um, have you heard the, the Lex Friedman podcast? Do you know no. No. you gotta check him out I'd Highly recommend him um mit ai researcher uh he was on rogan a couple times which is how i i heard of him really smart guy so if i want to bro out i'll go listen to rogan but if i want to like challenge my brain i'll go listen to lex and he'll interview these different people he interviewed um magnus carlson mm. that the right guy magnus yeah yeah magnus Carl- you know, top chess player that kind of mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and they were they were talking about magnus watching alpha zero play chess and so here you have one of the best people in the world watching mm-hmm. and analyzing how the computer is playing winning chess. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, the question was like, were you surprised by that? Were you impressed? Did you learn anything? And one of the things that he said was he was surprised by um, AI's ability or its willingness to sacrifice a piece and how as a human, there was this emotional thing where if I'm going to sacrifice mm-hmm. a pawn or, or knight or something, mm-hmm. I'd like to at least get the position now or soon or get, get, a, get my own piece from you within three moves or so. But mm. he was playing this like 4D chess and it would sacrifice this piece. you would never sacrifice so that, you know, 20 turns later you were set up for failure. And it was like, it was very impressive how I was able to do that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's exciting seeing where all this is going. But Jasper, right? They're pitching us, they're showing us. It, it will write your blog post for you using AI, right? You tell it, um, one of the examples was, oh, like, okay, write a blog post about how to prep your guest before a podcast, right? What are the, the best ways to do that? And it came up with three titles. Oh, the seven ways to prepare your guests to interview on a podcast, right? And then intro paragraph, boom, intro paragraph out of nowhere, and then create a list. It create a list of seven things. Now, did it scrape a million other places? Did it scrape your competitors? Um, they do have a plagiarism button, but I will say the plagiarism button didn't work on the demo. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but,
1: but is this live? Is this in market yet?
0: Jasper? Yeah, yeah, Jasper. Oh, but here's my thought, right? Is if you're just creating a blog post to create a blog post, then that's exactly how you do it. But for me, if I'm trying to teach people how to really do, in this case podcasting, right? Mm. What, what do I think are the, the seven best ways? What, what do I think is most important to teach you about how to prepare a guest for a podcast? There's like real knowledge. And then there's this fake shit that makes a really good blog post to get you good yeah. SEO. Yeah, that's right. so in my mind, I wanted to bounce this off you. Here's the question, like, is it, what, what, should, what should people do? You know, Should they hold out for real thought leadership? Should they fake the shit out of it, but it looks like a great blog post? It was so easy, man! In like four or five clicks, we picked this whole blog post, mm. seven hundred fifty thousand words, and we invented none of it, right? Or you actually figured out the damn right thing to do and you write it. Like, w- where do you sit on that that
1: spectrum? Oh hell, man! I I'm a little bit of both, quite frankly, yeah. because from an SEO standpoint, a content Strategy standpoint, hell, like if I can, if I can save my clients a whole bunch of headache, time and money by having an AI just spit out 750 words in an instant, and I just got a copy out of that all day long. However, now, this this is just, you know, one guy who's not an AI, at least as far as I can tell, saying this, that, you know, passion and experience does provide a difference you know and ai is simply an aggregator from what i understand right it's an algo that takes all the data crunches it and then spits it out in something that you can comprehend and at the end of the day i think experience empathy inspiration motivation those kinds of human traits eh, the ai hasn't done yet i don't know we'll see i mean sophie was pretty terrifying when you saw her talk to tony robbins or one robot yeah. World. Right. That has a, she, she has a citizenship in Hong Kong or something like that. Oh, and it's like, out of here. yeah, I think so. I think that's where citizenship is, but either way, it's like the stuff that she responded with. You're like, Oh, I don't know, man. Like for me, I would, the experience and the thought leadership is more when you're doing stuff like this, right? Like, yeah. you know, you and I talking about our experiences, what we're doing, doing the Ted talks, going to the forums, all those kind of stuff. You had to write a book too. But I mean, authors have ghostwriters. Why not have an AI ghostwrite for you? And then you can pick and choose. Cause you still, it's not like the AI is telling you what to do. You're telling the AI what to do. And then you can curate whether or not you want to make that as part of your content strategy or not. That's up to you. But I think it makes it a whole lot easier. And that's that's what I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah, I think I would be happy if you can feed it some. Or I don't, I don't know. Like I guess I'm sitting in a place of like. I want to be a thought leader. I'm going to write a book on how to do B2B podcast interviews. Like I'm going to curate Mm. this thing, but technically Mm. it's, it's scraping it. So I think as long as you build in some steps to own it or to, I don't know. I think you'd also
1: put in your own flavor, right? Like Casey has Casey's style, right? Ted has Ted style. And, and, and that's what people will still resonate with. Right. Right. If you're going to make something
0: there's a box where you can tell it what kind of voice to write in. Professional, silly. I put, I put flirty. I was like, "Well, it's gonna and, come out if I put." And that.
1: what happened?
0: Hey, It was a little bit more fun and less formal. It wasn't like, hey. Hey, big boy, <laughs> trying to prep your <laughs> podcast guest. No, it was like, Oh, are you trying to think about so it? So was, it was like, just upbeat. I think probably found a synonym that it understood. Yeah.
1: And you know what? I think that there, there's nothing wrong with that. You, you know, they, they, if they're able to do that, great. And I, I still yeah. think that, you know, and a lot of us are not authors. If this gives us a leg up to then give back and contribute to the society, the greater society. I mean, yeah. Why not? There's so many people that have great ideas that aren't able to execute for whatever reason. if this yeah. gives them that leg up that they can finally write that book, yeah, do it,
0: you know, apparently, there's a fiction writer that's written the book almost entirely using this program, like a fiction book
1: well, i I'd be, I, I wouldn't be surprised at this point.
0: wouldn't it be funny if you just wrote an entire b two b book using the system?
1: Why not? Why not? Wouldn't I mean, be, give it a shot. give it a bad. whirl. Who knows, right? At the end but now, Then, if you're using Jasper, which is technically owned by HubSpot, and then you're generating that that content, who owns that IP? Right. So, then you, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. I I actually don't know the answer to that. That's above my pay grade. Yeah. Same.
0: Same. Well, dude, I've known you for a bit. Next question, I'm going to shift a little bit. Uh, I've -hmm. learned so much from you. I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. Yeah. Tell me, like, who? are you? Who are you? Who is Ted? Can you take me back in time? Like many moons ago, little Ted, did you always know you're going to be an entrepreneur? Absolute ass kicker? Like what's the deal?
1: No, man. So great question. I actually, funny enough, was hosting a podcast for Marketing Muse Canada. And it was with um, Sina by Yaskalen. Hopefully I didn't mispronounce her name. Uh, she's the head of partnership. Asians in advertising. And she was asking me, she actually, as my guest asked me, how did you get to where you are? Because there is a ceiling, at least that they're saying in advertising, where a lot of AAPI professionals are hitting. They're not in leadership roles as much as they should be based on stats. And so she asked me this, this question. She's like, did you always know you're going to run your show, your own business? And and, you know, did you have, did you do it because, you know, it was tough to get into corporate, the corporate world. And my answer was absolutely not. I never wanted to work for somebody. I grew up in a family where my parents were both immigrants and on my dad's side, my, my dad's, I grew up in Coquitlam, Canada, man, in a suburb of Vancouver. So okay. I grew up in the eighties when it was like me. The Filipino kid and the Italian kid were like the only three non-white <laughs> kids. Right. And so, but I didn't know any better. I knew that I, you know, I was different. I spoke a different language, but I, yes. I spoke fluent I learned, actually, I learned English from Sesame Street. I you know, Mr. Burton, Ernie and Big Bird and Snuffleupagus, yeah. right? What right? did you speak? Cantonese, right? Cantonese. So my, oh. Cantonese. So my parents uh, are from Hong Kong and they met here and, and raised me and my, my sister, in in the suburbs of, of vancouver in a small town like it was a small town feel you know fairly blue collar and you know my dad would have to take a bus take him two hours to get downtown to get to work at the okay. bank and then come back all this kind of stuff and so i i did have influence uh from my my aunts and uncles my grandparents they all ran their own businesses for one or another, they were, they were more shopkeepers and they were more solopreneurs, realtors, you know, whatever, whatever the sole, like seamstress. And I always had this inclination that I'm going to run my own business. And then a few years ago, business, when actually you and I met uh, for the first time, business was not going so well. And then I I was actually doing a lot of self-reflection. And one of the counselors that I was talking to actually told me, go talk to people that you know in your past and see, you know, what did they see in you? Do they think that you should have you would have become a an entrepreneur? And so I actually asked my dad, I'm like, Dad, did you ever think when I was a kid I was going to run my own business? My dad's like, well, not really, but I did know that you couldn't work for somebody. And I'm like, so it was either run my own business or be homeless. And he's like, pretty much, right? And so my whole thing was very much I I (laughs) needed, right? I need to take charge. I needed, I needed to call my own shots, and that's the beauty of running my own business. And so, I, I, you know, like all Asian kids went, did, did university and all this kind of stuff, college, and and my my parents being, you know, of Chinese descent, it was very much this thing, this pride that like you pay for your kids' schooling. Mm. The only and so my whole life I thought, you know, my schooling is going to pay for I can do whatever I want, and and so I want to go to art school. The only thing is that fine print in the, we will pay for your schooling is we will pay for your schooling at the colleges that we want you to go to, right. In yeah. the programs that we want you to go to and right. our school was, it didn't even <laughs> exist on the list, right. I was like, forget that. And so I ended up going to a, a local university in Vancouver called Simon Fraser. And it had a comms program and I learned digital video there and, um, kind of, Started, I started ballistic arts. When did I start? I started in June of 2002. And the reason why I did was I was actually trying to become a documentary filmmaker. 9 11 had happened a few months before I graduated school. And I found out that even without 9 11, you can't really make a lot of money being a documentary filmmaker. And so I started just I met a I I met a guy in in an indie film shoot and him and I got along. He was like, You want to start a business? I'm like, sure, how hard could it be? Like it was so ignorant, right? Ignorant is bliss. Like we literally built a five-page HTML website in the summer of 2002, sat back and said, Okay, business, you can come now, right? And nobody, no one there wasn't even Google, right? So no one, no one searches up. So and I just, like, I think six months in, I was like, okay, well, someone has to do sales, and so I took it upon myself, got the yellow pages, started dialing for dollars, Hell and that good. was it, right? And it was like, oh, today I'm doing restaurants, tomorrow I'm doing dental offices, next day I'm doing law offices, and that was it. Hey, do you need a blah, 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 right? And so that was it. And it's just pitch them all websites. No, I started as a video production company and I'm like, do you need a video? Do you need a video? And the thing is back then it was like the days of VHS and DVDs. DVDs were still like $15 a pop blank DVDs. Right. And people were like, I I own a restaurant. I don't even have a TV in here, but Hey, I actually got your brochure. I need a, I need a menu done. Can you? can you design my menu? And I'm like, I'm a video production company, but yeah, sure. No problem. I can do that. How much? And I just threw a number out in the air, come back to the quote unquote office, which was the room above my parents' garage, tell my business partner, Hey, didn't sell any video today, but I sold a brochure. So we have to do that. And then like that restaurant came back and like, Hey, good job on the menu. You built your own website, right? These These web things, they're not going away anytime soon. Can you, can you build me a website? And I'm like, uh, yeah, how much? I was like, I don't know a thousand bucks. And the dude faxed me back a contract facts. Right. And this is how long ago it was. we built websites and just lo and behold, one step led to another was kind of like the, you know, get in where you fit in. You know, we, we were just trying to find a marketplace that would buy our services and, Really, that's kind of how things started. And and still to this day, a lot of the times I have the Marge Simpson philosophy. There's an episode where Homer loses his job and Mm. the whole family have to pitch in and get jobs. And Marge goes, Well, I guess I'll teach piano. And then Lisa goes, Mom, you don't know how to play piano. Marge goes, I just got to be one lesson ahead of the kid. Right. (laughs) And that's kind of some days how it feels still. Yeah. And that's okay.
0: Yeah. And, the, and it's kind of like, it, it's just one step beyond fake it till you make it. It's like, just know a little bit more than the other person and you can, you can help pull them to the next, next spot. Yeah, and, 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 I, and
1: I think a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome. And I mean, maybe it's just, I'm too, uh, too, too naive, too, uh, too daft to, to realize that I have imposter syndrome. Cause like, quite frankly, a lot of times most people don't know what the hell they're doing anyway. So just pretend like you do and go for it and see what happens. Yeah. Love that one. Uh, well, I have a hypothetical question for you next. All right.
0: All right. Hypothetical. Yeah. I'm not really sure what that means, but uh, let me ask you this question. All so right. I may or may not have a time machine here in New Hampshire. <laughs> and let's say you come visit, right? The DeLorean. What's that? Yeah. The
1: DeLorean.
0: Uh, well, no, yeah, it's a little different. It's a different shape, but it's a different shape. It's in okay. my backyard covered in a tarp. Nice. It's in a Jeep Wrangler. Let's be, let's be, to be clear. So, uh, so you come use this thing, we get some lobster, some beer, and, you, and it's a particular kind of time machine though. It goes back in time and you get to meet yourself a few days after graduating from school. Oh, and you're, you're like that version of you, you get to meet that version of you, that younger, younger Ted.
1: What do you brash, think that, that what, brash, handsome that dude. Brash what do I say to myself? I mean
0: kind of recommendations advice things would you say
1: you know i don't think i'd say a thing yeah and the reason why is my life's pretty damn good and i went through a lot of trials and tribulations as my mentor would say you know i've paid a lot of tuition you pay a lot of tuition right like when you run your own company it's like oh man hit that roadblock that's going to cost me thousands of dollars or tens of thousands <laughs> of oh, dollars and, and all of this happens all the time and then like when i when i would i would call my mentor or my coach or whoever it was at the time and i'd you know complain about this and that and, and one of my mentors was like that's just the tuition you pay that's your mba motherfucker like that's basically it right like that's that's what it is and i think I think I just had to go through it all, and and as much as there were certain moments, especially over the you know last five years or so, where many things that I was like, I wish that never happened. It needed to happen for me to get to where I am today, and so, I mean, even if I gave that advice, what if it was too premature and I I, I gave that advice and then now I don't actually go through those lessons? I think in life there are lessons that you have to learn, and 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 the 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 trials, the the fire that you have to walk through are what make your character. And I have a friend who is a bit older than me. He he's run an agency probably 5 years ahead of me. So he's been in business 25 26 years. Jesus. And he said that like life is kind of like you're on this this ever expanding like imagine you're on a a a record player and and you're kind of on this and you're you're going round and round and round. And and there's these lessons, these kind of little little bumps in the road. And that if you don't know how to get through that obstacle, it's going to come around and you're going to bump into it again. Mm. And you can come around you'll bump into it until you learn from it. Then you can expand out and then there'll be another bump and another bump. And I've always thought about that is like, cause a lot of the issues that at least I've experienced, I don't know about your listeners. The, a lot of times that I get where I get stopped are similar things. They're not actually that different. It's because, Anywhere I go, I'm the person that's the only constant. And so how I react, how I see a particular situation, that's on me. And so it's about me learning from that particular situation. And if I can, and I do, then I grow for it. I grow out of that. And I don't think I would go back in time and give myself a whole lot of advice because I think I needed to learn those things and and it shaped who I am today.
0: Man. You are a legend and you're also the first person. I believe you're the first person who would not say a single thing. I just was imagining younger Ted just being like, All right, old man, what do you got for me? And you're like,
1: Nothing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Walk it, bitch. Walk it. (laughs) Right. Cause it's, it's, I think had you asked me maybe three years ago, there's tons of stuff I'd say. But now that I've. Watch
0: out for this. Watch out for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I don't, now I'm like, Well, Think about it. Like as parents, you can't tell your kids to not do this and do not do that. And da, 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 those are the helicopter parents. Yeah. I want my kid to scrape her knee. I want my kid to learn from th- this. Right. Obviously I don't want the, te- the really terrible things in life to happen. And there are things that, you know, just rites a passage.
0: Have you, have you taught them to ride a bike yet?
1: Oh, she's, she, she's turning 13. So she knows think, how to okay, ride Yeah, yeah. Put, she, she knows, download. she knows how to boss me around and all that kind of stuff. And download the apps and all that. No, she's not yelling. She's very polite. She's a very, very polite, cordial, uh, young woman now, I guess. And, uh, it's, it's, I'm very proud of her. It's just, um, you know, she's got her lessons to learn and I'm going to be there to support her, but I ain't going to I'll, I'll be there for her. I'm, i going to walk through the door for her. I'm going to be there for her to walk through the door herself.
0: I remember when teaching my son how to ride the bike. Uh, I specifically had this moment because for a while I was holding the back, running behind it. Right. And flip flops looked ridiculous. Uh, but like holding on and running with him as he's pedaling. And I remember being like, okay, he's only going to get as good as you letting go. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you let go, there's the percentage of him crashing
1: is pretty high, <laughs> high.
0: you know but like but if you and if we even keep and actually there's a couple of times where me holding on was actually throwing him off balance yeah and so not only was i preventing him from growing but i was actually actually making it worse for mm-hmm. him and i remember him being like okay you let go dad because like you're kind of screwing this up and it's <laughs> like i gotta let go of this thing and i just remember that moment being like I'm like oh that's a great oh, moment wow. that's yeah that's a great moment Dude, how can people connect with you? They want to. They want to do some work with the best agency in Canada. What, all the things. How can they connect you with you? What kind of? Well, for
1: one, best agency in North America, my friend. So we we I we have I'm presence connected. all over. So yes, we won awards in Canada, and we're we're we have we have a lot of a lot of uh, clients along the West Coast, right? Uh, the Best Coast, as we call it, and uh, so ballisticarts.com. Best way to get a hold of us. You can check out Marketing News Canada, marketingnewscanada.com if you want to listen to some of the world's greatest marketing minds. And you can check me out on LinkedIn, Ted Lau. There's really, I think, only one. I think the, I've, I've tried to Google Ted Lau, and I think there's a doctor, in, obviously, somewhere in the States. <laughs> and there's a photographer, funny enough, in Hong Kong. He actually, you know, him and I go neck and neck on Google when I do a Google search. So I'm not the, the awesome photographer. I'm I'm the small business guy.
0: Something tells me you've got the chops more than the doctor or the photographer to dominate that SEO game.
1: I might, I might, but I really, I I think it's a little too self-serving if all I'm doing is spending time SEOing myself. So I beat these two guys. So I've kind of left it but I probably might have a few more chops. Maybe
0: when the do. book comes out, it's a hobby, you know? Like, let
1: me see yeah, maybe, 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 maybe I'll get my AI to do it. Maybe I'll get my AI.
0: <laughs> yes, it. you can have a <laughs> bunch of blogs on your, on your uh, site and you didn't write.
1: Yeah, cool. exactly, man.
0: Awesome, dude. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. Dude, I've learned a ton. I've had so much fun. This is one of those podcasts where I, not only have I learned, but I, man, I haven't laughed as much in, in a long time. So thank you for just being chill and teaching me a bunch of stuff and reminding me about what's important.
1: Namaste, my friend. I mean, really great to reconnect. And you know, all the best to you and your listeners at the Hardcore Marketing Podcast.
0: Hell yeah, we're at the clip that. Turn it into like the intro. Intro, um, baby. Intro. Okay. Now, can you say hardcore marketing like 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 you mean it?
1: Hardcore marketing.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, there it is. So Man, if you, if you listen to this and you learn something or you laughed as much as I did, share this episode with someone else. That's thought leadership. One person, nine people, 3,004 people, whatever. Get this good, important information to other people's hands. Reach out to Ted, not the doctor, not the photographer, but the absolute badass that I just had a chance to interview. Ted, thank you so much for being on here.
1: Thank you, Casey. All the best, everybody. Be well. All
0: right, everyone. This has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time.